All of us are on a journey of becoming, a never-ending journey in pursuit of truth and deeper union with the divine. As you know, faith is a complicated thing and this journey of becoming can be both difficult and painful. Far too often, we have not been given a space where we can safely address the complications and issues that arise naturally. My name is Joshua Patterson, and I am also on this journey of becoming. I am dedicated to inviting you into my story and creating a space where questions and critical thinking are welcome. I want to take an honest look at the issues and questions so common to this shared journey. I want to genuinely seek out what it means to follow Jesus in our ever-changing world, in our unfolding and expanding universe, and in our pluralistic society. I have come to know that doubt is not the enemy of faith, but rather that both doubt and curiosity are two of faith's biggest allies. I have learned that the Christian faith is more about wisdom and love than it is about correct doctrine or belief. And I believe that we are being invited to continually seek out both wisdom and love, renewing our minds, expanding our hearts, and rethinking our faith in the process. Thank you for joining me on that journey. Hey friends, I have some good news for you. Rethinking Faith will be back in action once again this year at Theology Beer Camp as the God Pods strike back. This event will be October 19th through the 21st in Springfield, Missouri. And this year, the God Pods are looking amazing. We have friends such as the New Evangelicals, You Have Permission, Homebrewed Christianity, The Bible for Normal People, Crackers and Grape Juice, A Tiny Revolution, Secret Art Project, A People's Theology, Rev Covery, and more. And on top of that, we have some fun Jedi Masters hanging out, bringing craft nerdiness such as John Dominic Carlson, Reggie Williams, Adam Clark, Sarah Lane Ritchie, Myron Penner, Thomas J. Orr, Jay McDaniel, Roberto Shea, Espinoza, Pete Enns, Leah Robertson, Tony Jones, and more. It is going to be a blast. For more information, head over to theologybeer.camp. You can use promo code RethinkingGodPod, all one word, capital letters, Rethinking God Pod for $25 off of your registration fee. Come on and hang out this year at Theology Beer Camp. It was a blast last year. I enjoyed getting to see and meet so many of uh, you listeners, and I look forward to hanging out this year once again. So, again, theologybeer.camp and use promo code Rethinking God Pod. Hope to see you guys there. All right, friends, welcome back to another episode of the Rethinking Faith podcast. As always, I'm your host, Josh Patterson, and back at it again is my buddy, Trip Fuller. Trip, how's it What's going, up? dude? Oh, it's going real good. You know what today is? The end of summer. Tomorrow morning, I get up early, pack lunches, and then guess what happens, Josh? This parent of three will not hear his name called until 420 when I pick the high schooler up from school. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking. I'm going to hit one of my soundboard buttons. Yes, hardcore into summer. But also, what else could happen? I don't know. Actually, Alicia specifically said, 
do not talk to me until you bring me lunch. And uh, I want to be left alone because our kids have sucked every ounce out of me. So I'm just here celebrating the end of summer. I got two cigars, four beers, and and a lot of fun ready for you. Want to give a shout out. Rethinking Faith Podcast coming to Theology Beer Camp October 19th to 21st. And uh, we're going to have some fun. If you thought the process party art was fly last year on the beer Josh brewed, you just wait till you see the art this year. Uh, it's from a galaxy far away. And uh, we're going to have some fun. Josh is going to give you his code in just a second, get a discount and tell you what he's excited about. But but uh, I, I, I have a surprise for the serious portion of this podcast for Josh. And then I can't tell you what's going to happen on the members only feed because, you know, but it might be something. That's right. All right, Josh, beer camp, give them your code. Come on, come on. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Beer camp, the, the code $25 off when you register rethinking God pod, all one word. And uh, that'll be $25 you know, which is, it's well worth it. The, the price of admission is, is well worth it. I'm excited. Last year, Trip, I don't know if I told you this, but last year beer camp was the longest amount of time that I had intentionally placed myself in a church since I had stopped, you know, left vocational ministry. Um, and I was a little nervous about that because I was still having these like you know, I went and tried to visit friends um, in churches that were similar to the the kind that I left. Um, and I was still having these like affective responses in my body um, that were not very comfortable or pleasant. And so beer camp last year for me was super healing in the sense that I was able to be in a church space uh, without feeling like I wanted to slam my head through the wall. <laughs> so that's a success. And also, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. Slam your head through the wall. Yeah, Will would have been pissed because uh, then he would have had to deal with that. Will, Will was Rose. the minister of the host church last year. Uh, this year, we're going to be at the venues in Springfield, Missouri. Shout out to Philip, their senior minister, all the staff, a number of whom were at theology beer camp last year in Chapel Hill. Local coordinator Bryn. This year, we got camp director Kristen. Um, we're just leveling up now. Look. Last year was the post-pandemic one, and so instead of doing multiple, because I have three kids now in a year, I was going to do one, and it got bigger, and we sold out. We've already sold as many tickets as we sold last year, but we got bigger space, and this year, we're, we got more pods, more God pods coming. We got more theologians, philosophers, Bible scholars coming. Uh, we also, Trey's bringing all a bunch of his music friends, so like... Knowing you're going to a new part of the country, Josh, you're going to taste. I think we've already got about 12 breweries bringing kegs. Um, you got all this music, theologians, podcasts. Like, what what are you excited about this year for beer camp? Yeah, so I, well, one, I'm excited about the all the different God pods that'll be there. I thought last year was a lot of fun to kind of uh, hang out with some like-minded people that uh, think it's fun to get on the internet and talk into microphones. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, it's a good time. Uh, and also the, the hanging out with the theologians bit, you know, like you have to try to play it cool 
you know, as somewhat of like a theology nerd myself and someone who isn't like uh, currently very much in like the academic realm where I'm consistently interacting with people at conferences and stuff, it was really cool to be able to uh, meet and hang out with and pick the brains of some of my favorite uh, Bible scholars, theologians, etc., um, and it was cool because that wasn't just the experience that I got to have as like a podcaster, nice glass trip, rocking a full tilt glass respect. Um, but that's kind of like the experience of everybody, you know, people hang out and are very down to earth. So I love that. Um, yeah, so I'm excited for all of those things. And I mean, obviously I'm excited to try some cool beer in, uh, in Missouri. It's a place I've never been to. So trying out, you know, local craft beer is always, uh, always on my radar oh so yeah that should be that should be a good time uh, okay see you know i thought yeah. you were gonna say how we're doing a special breakout session on how to be a nerd that is also going to be a lot of fun yeah i yeah. i uh have a special little sheet a cheat sheet um i might have sent it to you already maybe i yes, did my brain is silly but uh that cheat sheet could be helpful and you know yeah. teaching people how to properly drink beer right and be like a a snob and a nerd about it yeah it's like you get super nerdy academic -y things where they're trying to connect with the people podcasters on behalf of the people harassing nerds into being sensible large amounts of craft beverages got a winery and a kombucha brewery this year and a sponsor for all the non-alcoholic beverages and then uh we got all the music and stuff but one of the other additions are people ask for off the record sessions. We got three different podcast stages running throughout, but can we have sessions where we, you know, like aren't being recorded and can say dumb stuff like um, a couple of the, a couple of the, the lady clergy are going to meet with uh, doing a session for evangelicals, females coming out of evangelicalism about like leaving the patriarchy behind in your body and in your spirit and stuff like that. Like, that's not for a podcast. Um, we're going to do one on like, oh, so you want to start a podcast? Like that's boring as a podcast episode, but there's like so many podcasters there who doesn't want to get that if that you're into that um, parenting so that they don't have to uh, deconstruct or at least their God's not a jerk. Like that's you're going to share parenting stories on a podcast. If you're, you want to be able to share your story, if you're going to be in the group. Anyway, we have a bunch of these type of things happening this year, too. And uh, one of the ones requested said, can someone tell me how to be a beer nerd? Like, I liked trying the beer last year. Josh was trying to tell me stuff. Can we have a session? And so Josh, uh, Charlie Sheldon, who is the the godfather of homebrewed Christianity, he got the title in like 2011. Um, uh, and a wonderful brewer is going to be there in the house. And so is Christian Pyatt, who used to run the homebrewed Christianity culture cast, who since started a brewery in a tap room. So. I have talked to all three of you into going. This is going to be fun. Christian uh, from Brewworks is is a brewery in in uh, in Texas. He's gonna he's gonna bring up uh, the a host of different beers where they brewed to style. So y'all have like someone that brewed to style, and then like some of the fun stuff that happens at beer camp and things. So you'll be able to do little bitty tasters of a whole bunch of different beers and hear like three people who know how to know how to, to rock the ladle when they're uh when they're stirring their beers uh grains in and mashing and shit they're like you're gonna get to hang out with them and you'll be able to impress your friends 
even if you don't know exactly what it means when you get done. It's kind of like when you tell your friends, no, 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 no. I, I think the ontological priority of the future is essential for understanding the eschatological horizon of the Christian assertion of the inbreaking of new creation. Like you could say that to your friend. They're like, whoa, what was that? And you're like, that's why I listen to a nerdy podcast. But you don't have to understand it. Same way when you're like, oh, yeah, I love this hop head. It's a little under attenuated, uh, which leads to a little salt, a little too much sugar on the back end. But I, I would think I would drop some of the caramel malt, maybe uh, ferment it a little higher at the end so it dries out a bit more. Maybe add a 5% dextrose just so it dries all the way out because we want them see hops popping when it's a West Coast IPA. You say that and someone's like, I guess I guess they understand what's going on. See, I'm going to explain all this to everybody. Josh, I'm, a, I'm pumped about this. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't uh I haven't ever had the opportunity to speak publicly about how to how to drink beer. Mostly my wife has to hear that and uh it's not her favorite topic to say the least. There are other things uh she enjoys hearing me talk about uh beer and theology. She doesn't want to know what your mash tip is? <laughs> not really. Not really. Uh All right. <laughs> Well, uh name that code again. And then I'm going to tell you what I wanted to tell you, but I wouldn't tell you what we were going to talk about. Yeah, sounds good. So the code, once again, is Rethinking God Pod. All one word, R-E-T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G-G-O-D-P-O-D, Rethinking God Pod. Use that at checkout for $25 off. What, what? And you can come hang out and do nerdy beer stuff. I know. And (laughs) and honestly, like, like I, I think I may just be sitting in the How to Beer Nerd back just just trying to do the do the full sampler with your guidance because you know what I like beer tastings and all right so I I told you because look Josh and I both were getting ready for this podcast even though we didn't know we were going to record and I'm like look everyone's in bed uh you want to you want to catch up or do you want to record something Josh is like why don't we do both and I was like, all right, I'm going to go set my stuff up outside I'm going to smoke a cigar and drink while we're ta- doing this podcast and I'm first time I've done this uh, underneath my little uh, shade over here, and and here's what I was gonna, here's what I think would be fun. I did a survey. Uh, well, I did I helped and funded a survey of 3,500 people, um, in across the religious spectrum in America, and asked them, uh, what was their biggest God question. And there's a whole art, you know, for people that professionally do surveys to quantify them. And then like, okay, there's all these different way of phrasings. Like what are they asking the same question? What, what verbs or nouns get the most energy to get the archetype of the question? All right. So this is what I did. And there are eight of them. The eight top questions that are by far the most popular from the study. And uh, later, uh, and, and Pete, Pete Enns and I are thinking about doing a thingy using them where we attempt to answer them in ways normal people will follow and such. But I just got them all, and I want to see. I want to tell them to you because I haven't told them to anyone yet. But I want to see if you can guess, right? So you... You have become a nerd. You're back in graduate school. 
I don't know if all the podcast listeners know this, but she's back in Josh is back in graduate school. And um, so, you, you know, you might not pass for this because you couldn't have theological education when you take this survey. But um, you're much closer to normal people than 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 a lot of your guests who are academics and definitely closer to normal than me. And so I would have guessed about half and the other half I was like, whoa, whoa. But maybe I'm interested. If you if you were just trying to guess four, top four, big God questions, Americans without religion, per, like any religious education. All right, top four, big God questions, no religious education. Um, I think maybe a question around hell. Is hell a thing uh, or not? I think that has to be one of them. Um, so hell... Uh, I don't know if it would be phrased this way, but the problem of evil, why does bad stuff happen to good people, mm-hmm. um, especially if God is all powerful and all loving? All right, so we got hell. We got that. Um, like, is the Bible really inerrant? Is it really the word of God? I think that has that's that seems to be a pretty big one uh, that people ask. And then a fourth one, let's see, hell, problem of evil. Uh, how does the Bible work? Uh, something to do with patriarchy, like the role of women, uh, in church. Can they be pastors? Can they not? Can they preach? Can they not? Mm -hmm. How did I do? I, I mean, you did pretty good. You did pretty good. Um, I think you got three or four, maybe, you know, it all depends on how you decide, (laughs) right? Okay. (laughs) But look, I'm going to read them to you in, uh, reverse order. Okay. So you're going to start from eight. The eighth most popular go up to number one. Yeah, but also I'm not okay. really sure if they're ordered by most popular. Okay. I you asked <laughs> so like now in that the that order implied, that you have. I cannot <laughs> confirm. I cannot confirm based right. on my how closely I read the emails if these were just the eight or if they are like, you know, whatever. You know what I mean. I got right. you. <laughs> There's eight. So um uh, how is God revealed and encountered beyond normal religion or the church? Those were the so some people said God outside of religion, thinking more spirituality, some outside of their confessional community. And you're like, okay. Seven, how does Jesus shape your understanding of God? Okay, I like that. Jesus-centered approach to uh, theology and perhaps even hermeneutics, how we read the Bible. Yeah. And and again, they're, so what they do is they're taking the – they're bucketing questions and then going like what when this is someone's most important question, what kind of language do they use? So the goal is that these should be arousing, arousing for the – arousing for normal people um number six uh six why are you not an atheist all right why are you not an atheist that's a good one because i ask myself that question uh more often than i care to admit well and (laughs) and and i think it's fascinating because like what are the different ways people ask a question that lead to that kind of framing? And it's real like 
either you are or you aren't and you you should have a reason for it like it actually demands you to take it seriously and so like there's a curtain certain kind of energy to it that i like you're right, probably five. listening to justin Brierly, right why after 15 God. years of talking to atheists i'm still a christian that's the that's where it's coming from look i justin's doing what he can all right uh number five if god wants to be known why is the knowledge of god's existence or reality so obscured okay so ultimately they're asking the, the question of divine hiddenness yes mm -hmm. i mean at least that's how i'm interpreting the question uh yeah if god wants relationship with people so bad then why is it why does it seem to be so difficult or uh maybe like oh like i've heard these people who have really cool experiences with the divine i really would like that i pray i ask for it and i have never had such an experience uh if god really yeah. wanted relationship i'm looking for it why don't i have one yeah and and i think like that's like the intense version of it but in my head uh that gets you know among the top questions even for people like let's say you said yes to taking some survey right like you don't know what questions you're getting or whatever they're like oh we'll give you a 50 dollars amazon card to spend 10 minutes and answer these questions and then you're like what's your biggest question about faith in god and you're like uh like why isn't it obvious like you know like i think like we as people that, that are so existentially engaged in ultimate questions or you know like we ask divine hiddenness like a philosopher of religion but then, like, other people are just like, I don't know, man, but, like, I, I'm just excited about my fantasy draft this weekend. <laughs> Do you, like, uh, you, get, you into crypto? <laughs> anyway, um, all right, number four. If God is good as love, if God is good and loving, why is there so much evil and suffering? There's your theodicy question. Yeah, theodicy, a problem of evil. Cool. I thought that one would have been higher, but maybe that's just me being um, uh, biased because that I think for me, that was probably the most the question, excuse me, the uh, the most difficult question or the question that most shook, you know, my fortress of faith or something like that, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Well, you know, um, that it uses the word. If God is good and loving, right? So you have like the assumption of both of those, then evil and suffering. And I can imagine people thinking different things or grouping them together, but like that they decided to phrase it this way is pretty cool. Like uh, it, it captures like all the different elements. So even how you hear it, you may focus on a different part. Um, right? Like they didn't know the answer was omnipotence. Right. right, they haven't read Tom's. They haven't read Tom's book yet. I know. Well, that's right. how Number we solve three. that at camp, right? Just hand out that book and be like, "There you go." It's like just read this. You're like, cut this question. <laughs> cut this question from the register. <laughs> Get the man a copy of Omnipotence. Um, <laughs> what? Number three. What is the Bible good for? Ooh, I, I. All right, I like how that question is phrased because, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a less um it's a less like uh academic, you know, kind of approach, but yeah, it's asking a very pragmatic question, which I like because I think oftentimes uh especially 
like as someone who's a nerd where I get caught up in my head, I want to ask these like really heady existential kind of questions, um, which oftentimes can leave out the more pragmatic practical aspects. So the way that this question is asked about the Bible is more pragmatic, like, cool, what's the Bible good for? Uh, how does it benefit me in any way? So I like how that question is asked. Um, yeah, it's and, yeah. and I think, you know, it, you can imagine if you're trying to get questions that bring people across the survey to it, like some will ask it in the confessional way, like, oh, is the Bible authoritative? Is it always right? Does it contradict science? You got all those. And then others are just like, you know, if you're just like, what's your big God question? And someone's just like, man, well, the Bible's crazy, right? The Bible's crazy. Like it's, do people believe that junk? Like even yesterday, or um, what? Uh, Bill Maher was talking to John Mellencamp, and he went off on this rant where he's just like, John Mellencamp says, "I grew up Nazarene," and he's like asking him what a Nazarene is, which John Mellencamp not a great clear. He's like, "I don't know. We couldn't sing or dance," and uh, and then he's like, "Well." Like, we don't even know if Jesus is real. The guy that wrote the oldest stuff in the Bible, Paul, uh, doesn't say hardly anything about him. And I bet everyone else just made stuff up because it, it caught on, you know, and he gives us and he's like Bill Maher's giving these like things. Where I'm just like, oh, this is where public religion has got to a mythicist. Um, I want to be like, if you not check Corinthians, it's very clear anyway. Uh, but it, like, just like, like if those are what's running around in your head, then you're like, like someone's asked about God and you're like so far from like, what's up with the Bible? Right. There are so many atheists who say that kind of junk. Uh, Dan Dennett's sister, uh, Daniel Dennett, one of the four horsemen of the new atheist apocalypse. And his, he was recently interviewed in New York times. He talks about his sisters, a UCC clergy. And he's like, that's religion light. If people are into that, it's fine. The thing that real religious people do is they believe crazy things, you know? And, and I, and I feel like, you know, part of our challenge, especially in America, is like one chunk of the country is like post magic religion and are like, what is the spiritual religious? Should I take psychedelics or learn Buddhism and blah, 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 blah. And the other ones are like, well, where did where did where did Cain and Abel get wives? You know, and it's just there's two different places and so many people live in both that like, how do you get that in one question? What's the Bible good for? Yeah, no, it's good. I think you're right. And it it's it's so interesting, too. And like, I want to comment real just real quickly. It's a pet peeve of mine on like the the Daniel Dennett comment or whatever you just said. Um, oftentimes I get frustrated with Bible questions because um, essentially the the way that I was grown grew up being taught like how the Bible worked was this more like fundamentalist like an errantist kind of perspective and approach, and so then like for lack of you know this is not the nicest way to say this but that approach is very easy to kind of tear down, and when you are handed a framework of this is how the Bible works and then any person can go and tear that down easily then like people are kind of um. I don't want to say tricked. That's not the right word, but kind of tricked into thinking like, okay, well now the Bible is completely irrelevant. Um, and then the kind of questions that they bring or the way they approach it or how they describe that is still from within a fundamentalist framework. 
because all they've been sold is that way of engaging text. When in the reality is the way that the Bible has been engaged within the the larger tradition is a lot bigger and more beautiful and better than that. And so like I get frustrated when <laughs> people are like, well, I read one Bart Ehrman book and now I know that the entire Bible is bullshit. Um, and it's like, okay, I understand. And Bart that... Ehrman doesn't even think that. <laughs> Right. And he does it exactly. my Yes, exactly. <laughs> or they read like, uh, anyway, I don't want to go off on a rant on that, but I think it's, I think it's a disservice. I'm not angry at that person. I'm more angry at the system that that person grew up in and being taught because it did them a disservice because it led them to believe that if they didn't read the Bible in a certain kind of way, then it was pointless. Anyway, end of rant. No, I, I support rants. <laughs> that was a hardcore rant because i hit my hardcore button i actually don't know what my buttons do outdoors because they're <laughs> not the same numbers so uh question two why are there so many religions the question of pluralism uh, but why are there so many josh i mean i can I can give like why I think so, but I don't think that's the point of the conversation. <laughs> uh, but I think it's a good question because like, especially if like this whole God thing is so obvious that even the rocks and the trees uh, declare the glory of the Lord so that no person has an excuse. Um, why are there so many? Why are there so many religions? And also, why is it that we just happen to think that the culture that we were born into uh, and the religious tradition that we were born into happens to be the right one. And also, so does everybody else <laughs> who also was born in a different culture with a different religion and theirs is the right one. Uh, so yeah, I think it, it's a good question. Um, and also too, I think this one also kind of touches on what do you do when uh, you're told that oh, only our religion is correct. And if you kind of go outside of our views and perspectives, then the fruit that you will bear is bad. It's going to be negative, da, da, da. And then we look and we see, oh, well, like my Buddhist neighbor, they're actually like a way better human being than I am. And sometimes so is my Jewish neighbor, my Muslim neighbor, my, you know, insert yeah, other that's religion. Why, that's <laughs> why I stopped living in Los Angeles and Europe. I moved to the Bible Belt. That way, that way, my neighbors are right wing homeschoolers. So I feel better. About <laughs> you feel better about yourself. <laughs> it's good. No, no, it's, sometimes we need a... boundaries, trip. <laughs> no, I I, 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 I'm joking. By the way, especially if the neighbor that listens to the podcast manages to find this, um, that was called a joke. Um. Uh, all right, I'm moving on. Um, the, no, I think you managed to name why there's multiplicity of, uh, of ways that that question was on there. Okay. In the last one, which honestly, I think is hilarious and shows a rather, uh, astuteness to people that responded to your biggest God question was just who is God? And I know some people may be yes. like, what is God? But like, I, I was so amused by that and, and just thinking, um, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of important to clarify before we move on, right? 
<laughs> no, absolutely. I think um, I'm kind of upset with myself that I didn't think about that one. Because uh, I think, I mean, for me personally, that question is kind of foundational. Um, I mean, even, you know, I can go and quote, uh, like, who is it? Tozer that said, you know, the most important thing about, he said, man, but let's say a person is uh, what comes to mind when they think about God. Um, And I think I actually agree with Tozer on that because when we, our depiction of God uh, shapes the rest of our theology, but also uh, we become what we worship. And so if we have this image of, you know, God that is uh, angry and vengeful and hates gay people and also Muslims or whoever, then like that justifies our behavior to go and do the same. Um, And so I think the who is God question is foundational and fundamental and actually is kind of, you know, one of the big questions that I've been spending a lot of time on more recently for myself, because I think it is so foundational yeah. and important. <laughs> no, it is. It is. And, uh, here, and look, let me just say, we got these eight questions. Um, you've heard them here, but, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you one last question. Just a second, John. I, because I know you are working right now thinking about post-religious nature of spiritual questing, all that kind of stuff. What? Are, who are the nuns? What are their spiritual life? Oh, you're thinking about these things. So you're going to give us some some meta reflection on these eight questions. Like you're gonna you're gonna give us a parting shot because right now I'm telling everyone you want to join the Rethinking Faith Patreon community. Um, here's a good reason. One, I'm a member, right? Like I, if you like this podcast and you love josh you think that uh like we need more people that are just being like honest about their questions inviting on mystics people digging into science talking about the bible getting a little process party up in this piece you're like i support this junk you should go he will let you join if you don't engage in any of the member benefits but there are member benefits and one of them is going to be i just texted josh these eight questions when you get to the member thing He's going to pick two of them, and we'll give you three not crappy answers to two of the questions. I don't know what they're going to be yet because he hasn't, he didn't see them. I, I told him, like, no, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. We'll talk about something cool. And he's about to give you an amazing closing monologue, honestly. Like he's been working on it for the last 30 seconds while I'm vamping, but um, he's going to pick two of them, any of them. We'll come up with three not crappy answers. And then, um, we're going to talk about some stuff that's too hot to handle, right? It has to be off the record. Only only the elect, the sovereign, the ones that have demonstrated their fidelity to not just faith, but to rethinking it and maybe rethinking it again. Those individuals that contribute to the, the thriving life of this podcast. Some Each episode represents 15, 20 hours of, of effort from people. And then just imagine how much longer it takes Josh. Look, I'm saying like, yes, okay, maybe he has his weaknesses, but one way you could encourage him is by becoming a member of his Patreon community. Maybe you say, Trip, what kind of what kind of harassment is that? Obviously, Trap is like this is this is nuts. You're playing a trap on him. You're setting something up. No, 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 no. No, you may be saying, Josh is a better podcaster than you, Trip. Who cares if you've done it 15 years? Um, like we wish that you talked less on this episode. And on your episodes, well, one of the ways you could demonstrate how much you love Josh more than me is also by joining the Patreon community. And let's say, let's say you're hate listening because maybe, I don't know, you got an access to this video and you saw that Josh sitting there. We're both drinking beers. We have facial hair. We're white, straight guys. Like, 
Uh, maybe you were like, I feel too much Theo bro energy coming off and I'm just hate listening to see um, something I can complain about. Because there are certain people that do that. Obviously, here's a funny bit. In progressive Christian world, they also happen to be straight white guys with facial hair. Weird fact. Weird fact. Can't confirm, but I can. And let's say you were and you were like, I want, I want to type something to tell Trip how bad that joke was or how much I appreciated it. I'm not reading anything unless you are a Patreon member for a month. <laughs> and lastly, lastly, another good reason is. Um, Josh is almost done thinking of his meta observation about the secular rage and what these questions represent. And like, has he demonstrated as we went through them, all the different ways you could get to them? Like, like what's going on in this place before you pick the two that we're going to come up with three not crappy answers after they join the Patreon community. Maybe, maybe they go to theologybeer.camp right now and they drop in the code you're about to tell them right before you give your conclusion, Josh. Yeah, that that code would be uh, rethinking God Pod, all one word. Oh, junk. So if I went to theologybeer.camp and put rethinking God Pod when I purchased my ticket, I would get twenty five dollars off. Yeah, big time. Well, especially you. Your yours might be a little bit more, but twenty five is standard. Well, I know. Last year I was only two hundred dollars in the red. So yeah, you know, well, that's not bad. That's game, not bad. game plan this time. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I appreciate your vulnerability there, Trip, because there are some, well, anyway, that, all right, I'm, I am self-editing currently, uh, members feed. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my meta-analysis of these questions and what they have to do. Um, well, all right, so I guess my analysis would be, um, I am not, uh, surprised by any of the questions, even during my time. Uh, working in vocational ministry, which it's been a little bit, like almost three years, I heard some form of all of these questions, uh, not from your, you know, faithful every week churchgoers, but from teenagers. And if teenagers are asking this question, uh, that must mean that other people are asking it too. <laughs> um, and so when it, for me, kind of what I'm thinking or what I'm noticing is these kind of questions um, are no longer questions that can just be put off. There was a point in time when these questions could just be written off because the pastor, the whoever kind of had the ability to say like, okay, well, I'm the man of God um, and this is how it is. Well, now anybody can pull out their phone and consult Google and ask questions. Um, and so when you talk to your pastor and he's like, no, all Christians believe that women cannot be pastors. You pull out your phone, you do a quick Google search and be like, hey, uh, I see the church down the street next door. Their pastor is a female. Uh, it's it's a woman. Um, and you just told me that they can't do that. So what gives? <laughs> and so I think part of what these questions are showing is it's opening us up to a world that is uh, deeply connected and we can't hide from the big questions. And also, I think it shows that people's experience of reality are no longer aligning with the kind of rote answers that they've been given. We're kind of coming to this uh, place where our experience and the answers we've been given are bumping heads, and we don't know what to do with that. Um, <clears throat> and in a lot of places, we're not afforded the opportunity to express the fact that uh, the answers we're being given don't align um, 
with our experience. And so uh, I'm excited for beer camp. I think these eight questions are fantastic. Um, I'm excited to see how they kind of uh, are engaged by the different uh, scholars, speakers, podcasters, et cetera, uh, but also how they're engaged by um, people just coming and hanging out uh, because, you know, beer camp, um, as I said earlier, is not just this kind of um, one way event where like you kind of go, you hear a person speak and then that person, you know, goes away or whatever, but it is deeply interactive. There's like so many fun conversations that happen um, just outside of like main sessions or whatever. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to hear what other people have to say that aren't just nerds with PhDs, <laughs> because oh, I yeah. think often, often uh, like, you know, quote unquote, normal people, um, have really important insights that get overlooked by people who just, you know, are stuck with their heads up there. Um, you know, you know, you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and look, I think those are excellent observations. I would, I'm gonna give it a, I mean, I'm gonna give it a A minus, but it could go up to an A if you come to the Patreon feed. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, look go. And then also too, if you go, you to the gotta Patreon give the lure. Feed. <laughs> you gotta go to the lure. It does gonna, exist. <laughs> it does it does and uh we're gonna have some fun we, you're gonna pick any two of these questions we're gonna come up with three not crappy answers and then other things other things um for the patreon feed i too i think i'm gonna go put on a sleeveless shirt too just do they get a video because i feel like yeah they'll get a video okay because i want y'all to know i'm sitting outside i got one light on my face this very bright <laughs> making me look like i haven't been at a pool all summer i have a like you've lived a in a basement coffee. in yeah. edinburgh <laughs> yeah i was like no i got a tan now i got a coffee table with a styrofoam cooler on top of it the styrofoam cooler i use when i'm uh holding i'm resting you know holding temps on my uh on my smoked meats is, which is kind of making me hungry. I'll be honest. I can smell it. And, but I got, I got three more craft beverages and I'm, I'm having so much fun, Josh. I'm switching out my second cigar to one I know is delicious and doesn't burn this hot. You know, it helped because this one I had to keep puffing in order to keep it going, you know, and I, I got, I'm, I just don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want your Patreon members to get under supported. So we're going to give them the minutes. We're going to give them, Three not crappy answers to two of the big God questions, and then we're gonna gossip about stuff off the internet. We're gonna vent. Um, I'm gonna give my hot takes about the upcoming Lakers season going into the playoffs for Dodgers. Who knows what's gonna happen? I've adopted the Baltimore Orioles. I went to the Orioles game. They haven't been good in forever, and my my son and my father are both Orioles fans. And I really feel like once I became an Orioles fan and had a beer with Joshua in Baltimore. Like they're just dominating. So they should tell me thank you. Who knows what we're going to get to? Um, but I know what you're going to get to the Patreon page for Rethinking Faith. And I'll tell you, sometimes the app, because of the parentheses, the Patreon app on the phone just forgets that I give them money and it doesn't show up. I had to go subscribe on my computer. So just, just imagine that it's something to do with the internet and Satan trying to hinder you from the opportunity. Yeah, I'm going to hit one of these buttons. Oh, yeah, it was metal. There's nothing more metal 
than being a Patreon member for Rethinking Faith. But also, it's it's full of excitement. Yeah, so we'll see you at the Patreon feed, Josh. Yeah, heck yeah. That's my... Um, I know I don't have an air horn on my travel one. Yeah, Isn't that's that my non well, I don't have an air horn in general, so I have to use my mouth. But, um, all right. I, again, self-censorship. Patreon feed. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, friends, uh, come on over. Hang out on the Patreon feed. Uh, Trip, thanks, uh, as always. And listeners, go in peace and go, uh, yeah, go hit up that Patreon feed and see what's going on. Smoochie boochies, peeps. Peace.